Hello, friends. Welcome to Hybrid Unlimited. This is Becca Fay. I am the Director of Education here at Hybrid. I'm joined here today by our Chief Marketing Officer, Candice Hudspeth, and our guest, Kate Cohen, who is currently a PhD candidate in sports psychology at FSU and a very badass powerlifter herself. Today, we're going to be discussing our new semester for the habits hybrid habits course which kate and i and candace have all worked on together as well as the wonderful steffi cohen today we're going to dive into kate's thoughts on habits and routines and how it has helped her become an elite level power lifter what's up everyone it's your favorite podcast producer nick tracana here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at element listen you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet I see it, Steffi sees it, Hayden sees it, we all see it. Element is an electrolyte drink mix with no sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low-carb diets, practice intermittent fasting, are physically active, or sweat a lot. But don't just take my word for it, I mean the proof is in the pudding. U.S. Olympians, players in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and even our own special forces drink Element. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm the pinnacle of self-performance, but ever since Steffi turned me on to Element, I've seen vast improvements in my everyday training and recovery. You guys can try Element today with a totally risk-free, no-questions-asked refund policy. And you know what? Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid for your free sample pack of eight grab-and-go element packets. Stay salty, my friends. Now back to the podcast. I think it's awesome that you were able to join us, Kate. I'm super stoked. Yeah, thanks for um, having me. Of course, because obviously you contributed a lot to the habits course that we're going to be plugging today. But um your your studies combined with your athletic endeavors you know it just kind of all comes together so nicely for for this type of podcast so I'm so glad that we're gonna be able to share your story today awesome thanks for having me girls of course also since we're injecting ourselves into another episode and we don't have our fearless leaders uh Steffi Cohen and Hayden Bo here with us Mm. Uh, the voice you just heard previously was uh, Becca Fay, who is our director of education here at Hybrid. Uh, my name is Candice. I lead our marketing for us. And then, of course, we have Kate Cohen here, not to be confused with Steffi's sister. She's <laughs> no. a co- <laughs> um, but yes, has uh, supports us on the hybrid education front in terms of course development and, and some of the books that we're producing behind the scenes that you'll hear more about coming up shortly. And so we wanted to give you guys a chance to get to know Kate a little bit more. And like Becca mentioned, also give you guys a heads up to this really incredible course that we launched uh, late last year. We've only ever had one open enrollment uh, on that course, whereas nutrition, which has gotten a lot of hype over the last year and a half, we've had four semesters go through that course. This cart open or this enrollment period for um, Hybrid Habits will be our second ever semester of Hybrid Habits. We're excited about it. Yeah, I'm really pumped about this course. Um, a lot of effort and time and energy went into this course and it is just, I'm so proud of the final product and the fact that we're having the second semester to share that with even more people, whether it's, you know, athletes, lifters, strength athletes, athletes of all backgrounds, or even someone who's not an athlete, 
everybody can benefit from this type of course. So uh, kind of looking more into the, the soft skills, like the behind the scenes work that needs to be done for whatever goal you're pursuing. If it's, you know, performance-based, if it's physique related, if it's, you know, just starting out um, and getting into the gym in the first place, you know, everybody can, can benefit from honing in on uh, some healthier habits. So um, if we could start, Miss Kate Cohen, can you give us a little bit of an introduction? Obviously, I think sure. you're getting ready for a little bit of a powerlifting meet coming up. So if you could touch on that, as well as your <laughs> academia that you're getting into, almost out of actually. Almost out of. I'm in my third year. Um, I'll be starting my fourth year very, very soon in my thesis. Um, so I'm a third year doctoral student in the sports psychology program at Florida State University currently. And uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I get to apply everything that I learn daily and kind of what I'm teaching for my own undergrads. And I get to apply it within my own sport and my own life. And it's kind of like this practice what you preach type of mentality, which has been very nice. Um, so I take it as something that we could each apply in our own lives. And, uh, you know, it's not this like gimmick type of thing. Uh, we mm -hmm. actually kind of practice our habits and we can make a routine. We could get to the next level with all of it. So, yeah. Um, so I guess for myself, for athletic background, um, I grew up playing soccer for a very long time. I played for about 15 years. Uh, in high school, I ran track, pole vaulted, and I was uh, first girl on the boys wrestling team. So that was a fun little time of my life. <laughs> uh, and then soon after I got into powerlifting. So I've been competing in powerlifting for about 12 years at this point. Um, and it's taught me a lot about myself. It's taught me a lot about, you know, mental limits or not having mental limits, um, kind of pushing past psychological barriers and and, you know, I just love the competition aspects of all of it um, to see kind of how capable we are as humans to just push to that next level. And so much of it has to do with, you know, just having the mental fortitude and the mental capacity behind it. And so, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so I'm about uh, two weeks out now. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the daily grind of this and, and getting to the end and seeing, seeing the goal play out. And uh, yeah. Nice. That's super exciting. Uh, can I ask what competition you'll be competing in? Yeah, it's a, so it's a capital, it's a local uh, meet by me in Tallahassee, Florida right now. And it's called Capital City Barbell and it's the championships for USAPL organization. So yeah, but it does count towards like national rankings and everything like that. So, you know, there's some big goals in mind for, for this competition. Hell yeah. Can you speak to your previous accolades? You know, some numbers that you've put up before your PRs or meet PRs? Yeah. So currently right now, so for my squat, um, I weigh about, I weigh in at about like 105, 104. And my squat PR currently is 280. Um, my bench PR is around 170, 175. And then my deadlift is kind of my pride and joy. It's my labor of love. Um, and that is 390 pounds for four. So <laughs> Woo! 
Yeah, we're getting there. So I, I feel like the 400 plus is in my soul somewhere. <laughs> so hopefully yes. it will be in my soul when I, when I compete that day. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Dude, that's, that's awesome. It's so cool <laughs> to see you. Um, you just seem very consistent with your, with your training. You're always posting, you know, on your, on your Instagram, your shots from training, your very, very, very impressive deadlifts that are always so pristine with your technique. Thank you make you. it so easy. And there's like, yeah, 300 plus on the bar. And I'm, it just blows me away. You. you just seem very deliberate with your training. Um, and we want to get to know kind of a little bit more about what drives you. And maybe even if I'm wondering if your background in sports psychology, do you feel like that gives you like an extra edge on the competition floor or when you're training, you know, do you, do you see specific benefits from that? Yeah, for sure. Because I think that just kind of taking what I've been learning, it allows me to kind of narrow in on the tools that I need. Um, and it's, it's made for anyone, right? It's not only just somebody who has background in it. Uh, it's for general population with these sports psych um, topics and everything like that. So coming up with the routine, um, and that goes right back to our, our habits course, just mm -hmm. having a routine in place and having what we are going to do each day daily in mind is going to help us prepare for the next thing, right? It's not always just about focusing on the long-term objective with all of this. Um, sometimes it's just about what can I do right now with what I have in the gym at this moment? Um, how am I going to kind of take it to the next level in a way? Um, tools like visualization are my best friend. Uh, I use it every single day. So I think kind of learning the ins and outs of using visualization in my practice has been very, very helpful. Um, it's almost like we are already doing it before even knowing that you're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, something like that, whereas like visualization has helped me kind of know that I've been through it one million times before. So it's like the time that I'm going into the gym and maybe that's one or two reps. No, I've done this, you know, a million times already. So it's not, it's kind of not uh, the first time that I'm doing it. It's, it's going into the competition saying I've been through this competition. Um, yeah. So that's, that's been very helpful. Are there specific uh, exercises that you use to help you kind of bring that uh, visualization in a more powerful way or a more authentic way? Yeah. Like sharing. For sure. Um, so one of them is definitely to incorporate a lot of your senses or as many senses as you possibly can. So seeing, you know, what are you seeing that's going on around you uh, in that image? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? So if that's the bar, if that's your hands on the bar, um, if that's the knurling that you're feeling, if that's the weight on your shoulders, uh, Certainly the senses are going to be super important to kind of bring that image to life. Um, another thing would be to kind of figure out the perspective that you're seeing it in. So a lot of the research or sports psych research shows that if we could see the image through a first person point of view, that's going to be stronger than if you were to just see it from kind of this bird's, bird's eye point of view or the third person point of view. But 
Um, that's not to say that you shouldn't be practicing kind of seeing the image from both. Uh, so I'll try to switch off back and forth between them. So um, those are the two main ones for visualization. Do you see it in black and white versus in color? Just as much detail as you could possibly include mm -hmm. without losing your focus on what it is that you're trying to do. So, and when you go through these exercises when you're at home, like, do you have uh, ear pods in? Are you listening to something? Are you like, do you have your eyes closed? Like, walk us through Ooh. actually how you execute the. <laughs> yes. So, I will 100% uh, close my eyes. I'll actually uh, kind of do it if I'm laying in bed or if it's just a quiet type of environment. Um, I will kind of close my eyes and just run through it. And it's so quick, right? We want our timing to be almost replicable to the actual physical skill. So if I'm using, if I'm squatting for, you know, 10 seconds, we want our image to match that. So it should be a 10 second image. So it's, that's kind of why I say I've run through this a million times before. Um, so if I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, I'll kind of just like envision it. <laughs> and that, that helps to bring it all to life, especially if I'm about to like PR for that day, um, I'll kind of go through the different technique-based application that I could use for when I step foot in the gym that day. So yes, so it's kind of, uh, it depends. I mean, you could use it really anytime, anywhere, right? Amazing. That's so cool, dude. I find that super interesting. And I think I've, I've kind of done that before, you know, preparing for a yeah. powerlifting me or like a rugby game. I definitely work on visualization, but to hear those specific cues yeah. from you and thinking about all five of your senses, like very yep. intentionally, that makes a huge difference. That's really cool yeah. to hear you describe that whole process. We have like a an acronym that we use in sports psych, it's uh, called the PEPLEP model. So basically it's, it's standing for physical, environmental, the timing, the task, kind of the learning of, of what's going on with your imagery um, and kind of the perspective of it. That's where I was talking about that first person versus third person point of view. So it, the more, the better, the more we can incorporate into these visualization practices, the more real it becomes and the more effective it's going to be. You know, it's like, it's almost like we're creating this carbon copy of exactly what you're about to just do in competition. So say, that one. say the acronym one more time. Uh, PETLEP. So it's P-E-T-T-L-E-P. -E physical and repeat the- Physical, actual. environmental. Uh, T is going to be the timing and the task is the next T learning. Um, and then the other ones are going to be, I think it's extrinsic versus intrinsic. And then the last one is going to be perspective. I love that. I'm just taking notes. Yeah. Yep. That, I know, right? <laughs> Super useful. One, one thing very I, useful. I think my most recent, um, experience with visual, visualization was when my husband was, um, preparing for a bodybuilding competition last year. And I would, I would, you know, get on him all the time. Like, babe, you got to practice your posing. You got to practice your posing. You got to carve out time mm -hmm. to stand in front of the mirror in the posing room at the gym and practice your posing. He's like, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. And in prep you're, you know, you're exhausted. You're zonked all the time, low calories, Absolutely. training hard, you know, just 
so not yourself. Um, and he claimed that like, no, trust me, trust me. I got this. And he would do all these visualization practices. He would just sit on the edge of the bed during the day, really envision himself doing his entire posing routine from beginning to end. And I'm like, bro, there's no way, there's no way that you're doing that. <laughs> yes, but then come competition, he crushed it and he carried there's out every step of his, uh, of his routine, yeah. exactly how it had taken place in his mind. And I was like, all right, there's definitely something to this it's, visualization it's that you've amazing. been doing. I would say ask any elite athlete anywhere, and they are doing some form of visualization practice. It's just such mm -hmm. a powerful, powerful tool. And the, the better you become at it, the more powerful it becomes, you know, um, it's kind of like pushing just past those pushing past whatever it, it takes to get there. Yeah. I think and it's interesting we, that you're giving like such like clear prescription as to how to execute it. Cause it's kind of like meditation, right? Everyone's like, mm -hmm. oh, I, you know, I, I have a really hard time clearing my mind or what do I do? I just close my eyes and sit here and wait for my mind to go silent or, you know, like, or I'm using a headspace app or right. So you're like, there's a lot of guided experiences to get yeah. through things. But I, I do think, you know, people are like, yes, I, I want to have this edge, right? I want to have this advantage, but how do I actually execute it? Something that I would think about too, and maybe it's not as applicable to powerlifting, but there's always things that can go wrong in, in any sport, but do you also visualize the what ifs and how you would respond to those what ifs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we tend to, in the sports, I feel we tend to go more towards the positive imagery, um, but there is definitely some proof or some evidence for kind of going through the barriers or the obstacles that may come up. So yes, if, uh, you know, if for instance, the flights have a, a minimum amount of people, right? And the turnaround time is going to be very quick from one attempt to the other. Yeah, for sure. How am I going to kind of regulate my arousal, kind of regulate my focus in those situations? So you know, working through those failures that might come up makes you more prepared all the same for when that actually, when the physical competition does come up itself. So, yeah. Yeah. This might and be it for you. Sorry, go ahead, Becca. No, I was just going to say, and like you said, this is all evidence-based. I think I remember reading an article in PT school about, um, was it basketball players and like half the team did visual visualization practices, half the team mm -hmm. did actual like physical practice and yeah. you know, their progress in terms of like free throws or something, uh, the percentage made was like exactly the same. Yep. I'm yeah. probably butchering I the description of that, story, <laughs> but it's, it's proven in research. Yes. Yes. And it, it's uh, also shown that it produces just envisioning it in your mind produces the same physiological changes um, in your muscles that as if you were actually performing the skill, which is wow. crazy to think about. We don't, um, the research kind of stops at some point with that because we're not exactly sure if the EMG activity is really showing that mm. or what it's showing, but you know, we, we tend to think that it can produce those same, those same, uh, type of muscle waves as if it was actually being done. Yeah. Same thing in, in rehab. I also remember learning about mm -hmm. like mirror neurons, you know, kind of challenging, yeah. channeling those types of, of, uh, structures in the brain with visualization for things like stroke rehab. So Absolutely. that the person just thinks about the end product of lifting their arm up and grabbing their cup of coffee or something. For and sure. that actually helps them progress over time. Just thinking about that move. Healing, healing imagery is, is the, another powerful thing that we could do, you know, mm -hmm. for rehab process, we kind of push that visualization aspect. 
Um, it also keeps people grounded in what it is that they're trying to do for right now, you know, so mm -hmm. that they're not only thinking about like, I wish I was out of here. I wish I was done with my recovery process and so on. Mm. Well, I was gonna, when I jumped in before I was going to ask, um, you know, I, in, in reference to habits, you know, there's all the books that are out there written on the topic, many reference kind of having this keystone habit and thinking of the keystone as like the centerpiece of the archway that holds everything together, right? As a competitor, do you feel like is visualization your keystone habit or is there something else that kind of takes the cake for this one habit is what sets me up ultimately to have competitive edge or to perform under pressure as an athlete? I think that's the visualization is definitely a, a, a large tool that I will use. But in addition to that, I will kind of also reflect on, you know, my past performances. I will think about how these past performances can be used in the upcoming performance that's, that's, um, that I'm about to go through. And that produces a lot of confidence that produces a lot of focus regulation for me as well. So it's almost like this, this cycle that's going on where it's like reflect on past performances, then this will lead to future successful performances. This regulates confidence, this regulates arousal, and then you can reflect back on this, this successful performance that you just had all over again. So it's kind of like that cycle that also helps me as well. Um, just knowing that kind of regulating my attention on where I need to go because at some point with competition performance or competition prep, your attention is going to be narrowed, right? You're not going to have as much attention for other things. Um, you're going to have to kind of dial in on what it is that's going to be important right now. And I think that having that in mind as I'm going through the entire prep is going to be important as well. Like, okay, I could handle this right now, but as I kind of go along in this prep, you know, some things are going to have to be tuned out. Other things might have to wait. So that that's kind of something to keep aware of too. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love what you're saying because a lot of this comes down. I mean, we study all of this, I mean, especially on mm -hmm. our side, because we geek out about these things. So we want to continue <laughs> to study and absorb all the information. Of course. But what you're alluding to is that you actually have to take action. Yeah. You know, like you, especially your reflection on past performances. It's like, oh, I did these things, which built mm -hmm. my confidence or created a lesson for me that I learned from. And now I have this process to engage in or have a habit to form of this process that I can engage in to uh, build, continue to build that confidence or to learn even more. And, and it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay if it doesn't work out for that day. You know, if you didn't meet your challenge for that day, like you evaluate it and you say, shit, I didn't make, I didn't meet that challenge, but what, what can I do for tomorrow? That's going to kind of help me get to that next step. Um, and I think that's a big part of all of this with, with habits, with forming routines is that, you know, it's not just where we're, we just become stagnant because we didn't make the mark on one aspect or another aspect. It's, it's kind of like, we get to evaluate. That's the power of it. That's the beauty of it. We get to evaluate and we get to reflect back and say, no, tomorrow I'm not going to do this a little bit differently. I'm going to get in there a little bit earlier. I'm going to kind of think about this and make this my goal for the day. So. Yeah, I love that. I think when we were starting to talk about what this course could be, and it's funny when I go back to think about how it started, 
I remember we were just putting together some content for social and uh, I was just playing off H's and hybrid habits kind of came off as like an acronym when I was putting together some basic like basic lifestyle guideline type content more for our nutrition uh, offerings. And it just was so catchy that I wanted to stick. And I know that we had done this amazing podcast interview um, with Atomic Habits, James Clear. And that was one of our most downloaded episodes early on in the podcast. And I know Steph geeks out about this. And so we it just came together for this course to be here, but it wasn't like our intention to provide a prescriptive process or formula for people. It was, we really focused on the fundamentals, which I think when you, when you, put together this habit system that you need to think about for your life and success. There are fundamentals and then there are unique habits to your craft or your skill or whatever you're pursuing. And you sort of have this blend of where you focus. But in this course, we focused a lot on what are those fundamental habits that set everyone up for optimal success and helping people guide themselves through taking action there. Um, I guess, Rebecca, is there something you want to chat about just to kind of share in that process, when we were thinking about what could this course be, why do we want to create it? Who's it going to help? Uh, what are the, some of the conversations that the two of you had when we dig in, digged in further? Yeah, absolutely. So the fundamentals, you hit the nail on the head, we're really focusing on the basics so that I think two main types of people could benefit from this course. One is the type of person who just has no idea where to start. Those types of people are everywhere. They, they know that they have a goal in mind, but they're just like, what's the first step? I'm so overwhelmed by this lofty goal that I have. Um, it's really like looming over me and I don't necessarily have uh, blinders on so that I can see the clear first step ahead of me. So this course by focusing on the fundamentals really will help kind of nudge that person into the first step toward their goals, whatever that may be. Like I said before, whether it's athletic based or something else in their life. Maybe they want to become a better reader. Maybe they want to, you know, learn about a certain uh, topic or learn a certain skill or, you know, play an instrument, something like that. It's for everybody. The other type of person that I think would benefit that this type of person is also everywhere. The, the person who knows exactly what they have to do, they just have to do it, right? They kind of go around saying that like, oh, I need, I know I need to do this, this, and this, I just have to do it. But then something always gets in the way and they never end up, there's never like this catalyst that helps them take the first step, even though they know exactly, quote unquote, what it is they have to do. So I think this course kind of um, affirms those fundamentals for that person who might already be aware of the fundamentals, but it gives them a little bit more accountability since it is guided in some way. It's learn at your own pace, but we're guiding you. Steffi's guiding you through these videos. You're having um, check-ins in terms of like quizzes at the end of each module. You have an, a workbook that accompanies you throughout the course with certain journaling challenges that require you to be really present and to take action. So whether you don't know where to start at all, or you know how to start and you just haven't been able to get the momentum to start, I think focusing on the fundamentals is going to be beneficial for both ends of the spectrum for those types of people, if that makes sense. And I guess just so we're not talking at like the 10,000 foot view, um, Kate, like when you think about fundamentals, what are those in your mind that like, these are the habits that everyone or habit categories, right? That everyone needs to be focused on to just optimally perform at their best. Yeah. So I think just attending to what's relevant or what's going to be relevant at that time for yourself. 
um, which cues are going to help you the most and kind of just narrowing in on what's what it's going to take to kind of meet that next uh, habit or kind of instill that habit so it's a daily action um, and it becomes automatic. It's not just, you know, at first when we're learning something, uh, there's so much to think about. You know, if we think about just, for example, a very simple example, tying your shoes, right? At first, you were kind of like focused in on every little thing that you were doing. And I'm grabbing this shoelace and then I'm grabbing mm -hmm. this shoelace. And then it's kind of like I'm making the, the uh, bunny ears and everything like that. And as we kind of move along, well, all of a sudden, we don't need to be thinking about all those different elements. It just becomes automatic. We're just moving to the next thing, right? And now we kind of could focus on other things that are going to help us be that best shoe tire in the, in the world, right? <laughs> so um, a, a lot of those fundamentals of kind of thinking about what is it going to take where this skill can become so automatic that we don't even need to think about it anymore. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com slash hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. Yeah. In terms of like a module breakdown, just so you guys can get a sense of what, where we're going here, you know, this course, when you jump into it, your, your first module is really focused on just understanding how habits are developed. It's a, it's a very much like an overview that anyone can understand on, you know, why we need habits, how to, how to form them. Um, and then the second module is all around systems. Uh, and it's giving you a, a suite of tools to be able to work with to create the system that works for you. Um, in building those habits that are going to, you know, help you accomplish whatever goal is in front of you. And then the third uh, module is around all around, you know, what I would like refer to as like your kryptonite and knowing the things mm -hmm. that are your downfall yeah. and how do you break the bad habits. And then your fourth module is really uh, all of our top tips from uh, the behind the scenes crew at hybrid, all the things that we've learned, whether athletes or on the business side to uh, put that all together and have success. And yeah, that fourth, that fourth module is a little bit more, there's a lot of practicality throughout the entire course, which I think is it's, it's largest like merit is that it's not just us talking at someone about the value of habits. Cause that can get super dry. It's getting them very involved. It's making them take action, whether that's in the workbook or, um, outside activities, but that fourth module, we bring in some more personalized tips from the team, um, that are a little bit more, uh, practical and instantly implementable. So even if you get to module four and you're still feeling a little bit like, I don't know if what I'm doing right now is exactly what is best. Maybe it's a little bit experimental. You have some concrete um, instructions and, and recommendations as far as your, your next steps. So I really like module four for it, that reason. Four modules sound simple, but within those four modules, you're looking at really um, bite-sized chunks of content. So around 10 to 11 videos per module. Each video comes complete with, you know, full notes embedded into the into the course product uh, in each within each module. But then there's also mm -hmm. a downloadable workbook, downloadable notes, right. yeah. PDF, um, and then we we also have some really cool um, checklists, a habit tracker, and mm -hmm. we're adding constantly adding new features here. But I don't know if most people realize all of the value that comes with the course because there are so many awesome tools to help you just think this out in your own mind. 
Yeah. And I think what's what's so cool about this course is that it could be so individualized for each person. It's not, you know, a one size fits all approach. It's kind of like you get to provide some direction of where it is that you want to go with your habits. Um, So like that responsibility piece and just having that full autonomy with all of it is is a really nice, nice aspect of all of this. Becca, do you want to give some people a sneak peek into some of like what we've referred to as the hybrid habits, which would be sort sort of some of the fundamental habits that we think everyone should install? Yes, absolutely. So we kind of wrap the course up in that fourth module, like I said, with some more practical tips that you can instantly implement. Um, And one of that, one of those uh, uh, modules focuses on, or one of those lessons, sorry, focuses on uh, the top five hybrid habits from our team. So we kind of collaborated on if we could tell someone our top five habits that they should start today, no matter what their goal is moving forward, um, what would they be? So number one, everybody can probably guess this one. It's pretty typical when you, when you look at, um, you know, uh, healthy habits, make your bed. That's number one, starting the day off on the right foot. You know, it was popularized by, um, I forget his name, the, the military member who had that, uh, graduation speech. Right. And it was like, make your damn bed. And then it just blew up and became viral. And it became like one of the staples of, of healthy habits, waking up first thing in the morning and making your bed. Number two, right. Like mostly the gist of it, right. Like Right. Set the right intentions, complete a task, start the day with success, all those kinds of good thoughts. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And truth be told, I was not much of a bed maker first thing in the morning <laughs> until I met my husband. And he is, he's also military and he is so like adamant about making the bed in the morning. And it rubbed off on me. So now I'm a, a bed uh, maker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, Number two is putting pen to paper. So creating some sort of journaling habit. Um, Sometimes we, we, this journaling habit gets, gets glamorized and it's like, you got to light candles, you got to light incense, you got to have, you know, some crystals out, you got to sit down with like a, a, you know, a, a quill and some ink and then do this beautiful poetry for your journaling. And really our team is, is not necessarily, we we don't need to do that. It's just kind of a word vomit at some point during your day, ideally first thing in the morning so that you kind of sort your thoughts out, organize them before you take on your first task for the day, second task of the day, since you already made your bed. Um, but just that practice, I mean, so many great people and so many leaders practice putting pen to paper at some point during their day. So there's a reason why I think all those people recommend that you do that. And it's just kind of this organizational process um, to audit your thoughts and kind of get them uh, organized for the day. I'm curious, do you guys have any tips on journaling or anything like that? Yeah. So I was just going to say an overview of that is just to get it out. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. we're running through, we run through millions of thoughts a day, right? So it's, it's almost just getting it out and being able to see it is going to kind of help you to progress through it. Right. Right. Seeing your thoughts on paper is such a different experience than just having them floating around in your head. It It brings it to, it brings it to life, you know, Mm -hmm. something I've struggled with a lot. I mean, maybe it's because I feel like I'm behind a computer all day long that like the last thing I want to do when it comes to like dealing with my own mind is sometimes sit down and write. 
Um, mm-hmm. But, and I also find that for me, like if I'm moving, I'm, I'm thinking more typically why mm-hmm. I stand all day, because I can just feel like my brain fires on all yeah. cylinders more. But one, uh, one thing that I've done in the past that has really helped me is just either go for a walk or get on a treadmill, um, have my ear pods in and my voice notes open and mm-hmm. literally just talk to my phone like I was having a conversation with myself and go through and get it all out. And sometimes it's this like mess of whatever comes out. Um, And then I'll go back through it like the next day, pull it up on my notes, on my laptop and actually edit it. So then Mm. I can organize the thoughts a little bit more and kind of like make the list of like, oh, these were just sort of like admin thoughts that I needed to just get out of my mind so that they weren't taking up space. These are actually like real things I need to process and come up with new systems for. These are just like things I really need to like search my heart for, you know, whatever that organization system is, but that's That's helped me kind of get to a better place of journaling because I just never was a good journaler. Yeah, that's great. And that that's part of this course is learning like what works for you and kind of meeting yourself where you're at rather than forcing yourself to sit down and put pen to paper, you know, there is some leeway in there so that you can adjust it and modify it based on your lifestyle and your schedule and what works best with your, you know, your, your mind, your, your running, like getting your heart rate up and allowing that to kind of like help facilitate the brain dump because Mm -hmm. The things that come up, like when you're more aerobic are, are kind of different than when you're in a calm state. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's sure. a perfect segue into number three, Candice, are you cheating? Number no. three is make time, <laughs> make time to move your body. So this is, this was un- a universal one across um, the team members of hybrid, because we, we do put so much effort into training and optimizing our physical fitness as much as we can. Um, but you're right. A lot of good comes out of that. That is not necessarily related to your physical strength or your physique. It's, it's a lot of, um, uh, creativity that comes from that increased blood flow and kind of this almost meditative state that you can get into. If you're focused solely on the hour that you have set aside in training and you're kind of blocking out everything else, it really can create some space in your mind for some clarity in so many different aspects. Yes. We know there's like, there's so much evidence that goes towards dopamine and serotonin release and everything like that. But also it helps us cognitively. It helps us with our mindset. It helps us to kind of um, be able to just focus on the task at hand. And that's kind of like our rest period for our brain. So that way, when we leave, you know, doing whatever exercise it is, if it's a tabotic class, whatever, if it's hardcore lifting, you know, but by the time that we leave that, that space, we are in a place where we could kind of just run through those thoughts in a more organized manner, as we were saying before. Yeah. And that's a great point. Making time to move your body doesn't necessarily need to be 60 minutes set aside for like high intensity strength training or something. Mm -hmm. It could be 10 minutes of walking on your lunch break. If that's your entry point into making time to move your body, then that's where you're at. And that's where you can start, you know? Um, very similar. Number four is make it easy to make better nutrition choices. So making it easy is the first part of that. That's like the key qualifier here. We talk a lot in this course about removing barriers and reducing friction as much as possible between us and the habits that we need to instill. So our nutrition coaches talk about this all the time. They're so good at addressing this with our nutrition clients to help them make better nutrition choices 
the easiest choice or the, the most likely choice that can happen for them. So, um, that's a big one too, because if you're not, you know, providing the best nutrients for your body, if you're not, you know, um, optimizing those choices, you're not going to be running on all cylinders might not, um, set a good tone for the rest of the day and for your further decisions and behaviors down the line. So nutrition, in my opinion, is a really, really important one. And that was a unanimous, another unanimous habit from the hybrid team. Any thoughts on those ones, guys? It's one of my fundamentals too. I know we had, we were going to answer this question. I think at the end, we were going to talk about what the things that each of us feel. Yeah. Our approach to habits, but Mm -hmm. spit mine out now since you asked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think because I always focus really on the fundamentals, like what, when it comes to uh, you know, for me, it's my faith, it's my, my relationships, it's, uh, my nutrition, my movement and my Mm -hmm. sleep. And, you know, those things create, uh, this base for me to operate at an optimal from an optimal place. And then Mm -hmm. I have other habits, obviously that are focused more on like my professional aspirations and, um, my athletic aspirations as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. but those, that base is kind of where I always come back to, you know, whenever something feels like off or, I feel like I'm not making the progress I want to make. I make sure I revisit, you know, those, those core fundamentals. And am I really, am I executing the things that I know I need to do each day to feel my best? And if I'm not, usually it's like one of those things is off. And if I get right. back to fixing those things, yeah. uh, making sure that that is my mornings are right. My, my evening routine is right. So my sleep is good and my nutrition is dialed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm spending time alone with my thoughts or in prayer or in the Bible, whatever it is that I need to do in the morning. And then I'm making sure that my core relationships in my life are sound then, you know, everything else is pretty easy to navigate for me at that point. So like really revisiting those fundamentals and nutrition plays such a critical role in just how you feel your mood energy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Your, your mood and energy, if those are in the crapper, I mean, good luck trying to implement a new habit. You know, you're going to have the the total opposite type of mindset that, uh, that will not be conducive to reaching your goals. So if that nutrition is in check, then you're kind of stacking the, the deck in your favor. Yeah, for sure. And I think the nutrition kind of just as you, you were hitting the nail on the head with that, that it just kind of transfers over to the mental side of things. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just being able to kind of push yourself. What is it that I need to do today that I'm not feeling this low energy type of um, feeling? Where is my mood with this to be able to kind of handle the next thing? So I feel positive going into handling this next thing. Um, And we know that that has huge effects on what the, the outcome tends to be Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. No, the other day I was so moody and so crabby and I looked at Josue and I was like, all right, I, I think I'm dehydrated. (laughs) I need to just drink some water and stop being such a B word. All right. My fiance Uh, and I have this uh, huge joke where it's like, just get the girl some water because (laughs) she's not doing well. Just get her some water. Like never let me go without my, I have water all the time by me. Like it's, we just want to make sure that I'm okay with having as much water as I possibly can. So, but there's something to it, right? You know, if we, we feel like it's such a basic need, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, it has, it has major, major effects. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of why in, in our nutrition course, we talk about the hybrid nutrition pyramid and the base of that pyramid pretty much has nothing, almost nearly nothing to do with nutrition. It's all about 
mastering these fundamental habits, like Candace mentioned, like your sleep, um, your relationships, your mood, all of these other things. Um, so there's a reason why it's an epic bundle. If you put Mm -hmm. nutrition fundamentals and hybrid habits together. I was going to say hybrid habits should be a prerequisite for nutrition fundamentals, I think. So, but you know, we'll let people do what they want. We're at the fifth fifth habit, right? Yeah. We're at number five, which is finding stillness with quiet hours. So especially working at hybrid, I mean, you're, you're, you're technically on call all day long. That was like, great timing right I mean so our our team is the bulk of our team is you know at HQ in Miami but we've got so many all of us are all spread out throughout the country and and sometimes abroad even and you know we need to be on it almost 12 hours a day if not more just ready to go and if you're always you know if if your phone is never on do not disturb or silent for at least a small portion of your day you know you're going to drive yourself crazy and that just goes along with how uh numbers one through four, help you find more clarity and help you, um, kind of maximize the odds of having, you know, those brain blasts and being in a good position to have a positive abundance mindset and implement those new habits. Um, and if you're not really able to get that stillness at all, then, you know, it's not, it might not not come to you unless you deliberately set them aside. I have a thought on that. So I, I started this. um, So Charlie has his fight coming up uh, in a few weeks. And I started this 42 day countdown for him, just for me to be a part of his like mental process, getting ready for the fight. Mm -hmm. So every morning I just drop him a quick note, like whether it's some thought that I've had during the day or a lesson I've learned in in the past years, just all on like uh, mindset and mental, mental Mm -hmm. going into this competition. But one of the ones I recently wrote was just on the importance of solitude. And like mm-hmm. how difficult it is for us to find time. It's actually from a business book, but it's a competitive advantage today for anyone to have, have actual solitude in their day, especially as a business leader, because no one does it. And to be alone with your own thoughts, to you know strategize the things that you need to work through for whatever challenge your business is facing or you're facing in front of you competitively. Um, there's just no way to do that without actually having time to think. You're constantly inundated with messages and emails and everyone else's thoughts. Right. But when do you actually sit alone with your own thoughts? Um, And I think this is this is what we're saying here. But whether that stillness is spiritual or that stillness is, you know, you just taking the time to process what's in your head or you solve a problem or you to get creative. But if you don't have that time in your day, you know, you're just focusing on everyone else's thoughts and desires. You almost need to kind of carve out those moments because we could be doing something 24 um, seven oh, yeah. to kind of reflect on, you know, just this is, this is going to be my five, you know, I, my five minutes that I'm going to walk down the street where I'm not going to engage with the phone. And I'm, I'm just going to kind of be there with my own feelings and feel what I feel at this moment. Um, we have this thing in sports psych where, well, it's with anything, but um, types of coping and coping is just managing, right? It's not coming up with a a solution per se. It's just managing our feelings, managing our thoughts. Um, so if there is kind of this change that can happen, then we call it problem focused coping where we're coming up with a solution to a problem. Right. And then that kind of triggers us one way or another. Um, but then maybe there's not this solution to a problem. Maybe it's just kind of like, 
reframing our emotions about the situation. So emotion-focused coping. Mm. So yes, solitude is huge for that, right? Is there a solution to this problem or is there not? And if there's not, then I could change my emotions about the problem. Um, so that could come to us in a moment, those moments mm. of quiet time. Yeah, absolutely. It's like your recharge, you know, it's your reset, you know, yeah. if, if you don't get it, then your battery is going to be drained. You and, know? Yes. and I do, I right? Think it's so easy to get distracted with all the things that are pulling at your attention and your to-do list that's a mile long and yeah. the needs of your family. Like there's so many other things pulling at your attention all day. It's not easy. And sometimes your thoughts may not feel like the safest place to go, right? Especially no. if you're struggling or dealing with something on a deeper level, you know, you might make every excuse in your life to not have solitude or to not prioritize <laughs> your thoughts. But I'm, yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that lays my head down at night and those thoughts just go like, mm. what do I need to do tomorrow? What, what do I need to do today? What didn't I get to today? What do I need? You know, they're just going. So I will, I will literally take out you know, a guided visualization practice where it's just like, mm -hmm. now I'm listening to the story that has nothing <laughs> to do with any of my thoughts, but it's seriously, it's like the calming time. It's that moments of solitude where I'm like, you know, it's that recovery. It's that recharge and to fill the battery. Like we can't pull from nothing, right. If we don't have it. Right. And that's a good point. Kind of finding again, finding the easiest entry point to get that stillness. If it is, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of guided, uh, uh, what do they call them? Story casts on headspace or something like that. They're so, so helpful. And if, if you're They're really so uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah, man, if, if you're really uncomfortable with sitting alone in silence or walking alone in silence, maybe you do get that extra help and just, you just try and remove that, that little barrier that you feel between you and the stillness, you know, and eventually you might get there where you don't need that, that, um, that, that additional help. But I think that's a, another recurring theme. Uh, like I mentioned, the, the removal of the barriers. And I find that happening in my own life right now. Um, I'm one of the habits that I'm working on is identifying where I can reduce the friction as much as possible. So a few weeks ago, um, toward the beginning of the year, I was just feeling in a real rut. You know, I'm not really a competitive athlete anymore. I, I, I'm training for fun rather than like for, for a performance goal, which is great, but I just kind of felt like I was in a rut and, um, I needed to reduce the friction between me and getting a good workout at the gym. So the first thing that I did was reach out to Simon and say, Hey man, I need to get one of these hybrid programs. Let me try performance. Cause I want to do a little bit of everything. So I use now the strength coach app to guide me through my workout. I, it takes so much less of my brain power than writing my own workout or writing my own program. It's all laid out for me. This sounds like a plug for strength coach, but I promise it's not. So that has helped me just kind of get rid of just a tiny bit of friction that makes has made the hugest difference. Now I get into the gym. I'm pumped to get there. I'm not feeling drained. I'm not dreading it. Um, I have something to look forward to similarly with nutrition. Um, I was feeling a little bit, um, you know, just uninspired there as well. Thinking that like, Oh, maybe I should lean out. Maybe I should do a bulk. What should I do? So I reached out to Chesco, got some help from him, kind of this practice of outsourcing things that I, I no longer, you know, need to, to harp on or, or do myself. 
Um, that's been a habit that I've been working on and it's really, really paying off just that optimization of my tribe, optimization of my environment. Um, everything just feels like it's clicking so much more lately. Um, so that's what I've been working on. I love that. Yeah. When I outsource a whole lot of things. <laughs> yeah, dude, it makes a huge difference, especially if you're not used to doing it. You know, I used to always put it upon myself to, to write my trading program or to write my nutrition program. And it's like, you know, when you're, when you're working and when you have to put your creative energy to somewhere else, like let someone, let the, let the experts help you, you know, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's you someone like, else do it. <laughs> like brain shift to just pure execution mode. You know, like yeah, there's exactly. obviously different uh, wavelengths that you're going to be on when you're strategizing or planning, uh, goal setting, all those things. And then actually writing the prescription for yourself against all that is another mindset. Mm -hmm. But then when you can just go into like, I am purely in athlete mode, I am just executing the tasks in front of me. It's such a different way to get the job, get the job done, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah you get to, you get to use your focus for other things that, you know, other than just kind of planning out what it is that you're going to do for that day. Like you're already prepared. You already know what you're mm -hmm. going to do for that day. Um, and that kind of brings me to like, you know, thinking about my whole um, kind of meaning in all of this is like, what can I do today? That's just going to help me get to that next step. You know, what can mm -hmm. I do right now? What can I do at this moment? How can I implement this exercise a little bit better? Right. And that just takes me to the next thing. Um, mm but also kind of reflecting back on my values. Uh, am I doing things that are going to reflect who I want to be as a person, uh, where my identities, identities, not just one, but where my identities lie, um, mm -hmm. uh, kind of finding the fun in the mon mundane. It's not always just, uh, you know, we know that we need to kind of do these same, if we're talking about training, we need to do these same exercises over and over and over again. They get very monotonous, the, the daily grind of going to the gym and then I'm going to eat and then I'm going to go do my schoolwork and stuff like that, right? It could become boring. It could become repetitive, but finding the challenge in those mundane things is prevents this kind of complacency with yourself um, and just kind of being present with where where we stand in that moment. Um, and then also kind of, uh, you know, this idea as we were saying before for the, that fifth one that we were talking about before, um, this, it's this idea of constant recovery versus this challenge piece. So I'm going to recover, I'm going to challenge myself, I'm going to recover, mm. challenge, right? And, and that never stops. It's almost like an ebb and flow and, and there, mm. it needs to be there, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice too. Any other closing thoughts, Candace? Anything to add? I don't know. That made me think of kind of two thoughts. Uh, I don't know if they're super connected for you guys, but one is like how you do everything is how you do anything, right? And yes. Like every decision yeah. made is a, is a true reflection of who the person you want to be. Um, and now I'm spacing on the second one that I just said that. Mm. No, but that yeah, one but is huge. The mention of huge. identity, um, th that's something that James Clear talks about a lot. And it's something that we pulled from his book into our course, um, thinking about what your identity is or the identity that you want to align with and how your actions throughout the day reflect upon that, that For identity, sure. you know, that's huge. You know, 
And we don't only have one identity. We have many, mm. many, many different roles, mm. right? Are you a student? Are you a competitor? Are you a sister? Are you a brother? Are you a friend? Or, you know, mm. we could go on and on and on, but it's just about sitting back with that and saying like, what, what kind do I want to be? What type do I want to be? Mm -hmm. um, and I think I kind of bring that into my own training a lot. You know, every single time that that deadlift bars in front of me, it's like, now, no, now I'm no longer nice, sweet Kate anymore. Now I turn into like, <laughs> like, come on, bring it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I go somewhere else with that. So it's about kind of becoming in tune or getting aware of who you are, who you want to be in those moments, in that context. Mm -hmm. the second thought it made me think of was uh, this uh, quote from somewhere that patience in the vision and speed in the day-to-day. -day. And it's like, when you have clarity and confidence in where you're going, what you're trying to achieve long-term, you know, you don't really have to focus on how long it's going to take you to get there, but you can focus on obviously instilling the right habits to have speed and make each day, you know, you can be aggressive with each day's tasks because you've built those systems, you built those habits, and you know that they're going to ultimately get you to, to that vision long-term, but patience to get there in the day-to-day -day, have speed and efficiency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. So love it. That was it. <laughs> okay, cool. So thanks for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Kate, we appreciate you. We appreciate Thank all you so of the ways you support um hybrid. We love, love you. Love my hybrid people. I love my <laughs> hybrid people. <laughs> Thank you guys.